Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terra Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Sean McGuigan. Hello. And Robert Borthwick. I always get introduced second. <laughs> just, just an observation. Is anyway. something that bothers you? No, that's, that's, that's just an observation. Fair enough. Delighted that, to be here. This is the first time we have appeared on the same podcast since the classic recording it in a pub. We recorded it in a vet. Well, it was quite a quiet Queen's Arms. It was okay to start with. And then a party came in. And then I. Works now. Somehow, three of you, fucking three of you, did think that a table sitting beside you, all making a lot of noise, was going to be a problem. I like I'd had a couple of pints, and I think when we stopped it, I listened back, I was like, that sounds alright. <laughs> I like the fact that two years down the line, Fowler is still really raging about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it got to halfway through, and it was literally, you couldn't hear what you were saying. So. The- <laughs> The worst tennis podcast of all time, I think. The only way is up from here. <laughs> yes, it's quite a, it's quite a, a, a jump to beat. Yes. Aye. Right, uh, we shall begin with Sean. Uh, so my lower league topics. Yes. Did, did I pick it up right? Because I, it was like you missed out a bit in, uh, in uh, message. I was just to bring two lower league topics. Yes. Right, that's fine. That's what I've done. Yes. That's what I've done. I have understood that. Right, cool. Where I've got one positive and one negative. That's good. But we'll start with the negative. Why not? It's always more fun. Right, okay. Uh, I am a technically technically minded and commercially astute football manager who has established an exceptional success record in the Scottish game, leading the likes of Breaking City, Wraith Rovers and Dundee United to considerable domestic and cup achievements in their respective leagues. Uh, not my words. That is the opening paragraph of Ray McKinnon's LinkedIn page. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to follow that up with a particularly positive second paragraph about <laughs> Falkirk. <laughs> Things are not going well. It's quite interesting in the past when you've had a team who's had a, a, a stinking season. So uh, when Rafe Rovers had the season under Gary Locke and John Hughes, I hoped that they would... Well, we knew that we'd been off John Hughes and he wouldn't be back. I hoped they would absolutely gut the squad as well. So they didn't do that. Kind of kept the bulk of the squad... Uh, changed the manager, obviously, got Barry Smith, and here we are. We're still in League One. Breaking City went down a kind of different route where they kept the manager, kept the bulk of the players. They're now really bad. Falkirk did gut the squad, kept the manager, so they went, I suppose, for option C. I don't know if that's looking like it was the best way to go either. Am I right in saying they have eight points from five games? They have, let me get this right now, they have... They've won their home games. They've won, all, they've won their two home games. They have drawn two away from home. They've yet to score away from home. So they uh, they drew 0-0 with Peter Head. They drew 0-0 with Airjet and they lost 1-0 with Clyde. And then they also lost uh, 2-0 to Wraith in, uh, in the Challenge Cup. So away from home, t- t- to summarise, yes. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. They, uh, you know, something they're looking very much like Wraith Rovers uh, in that they are looking pretty good at home. But for some reason, away from home is a completely different kettle of fish. He he still sets up uh, very negatively, and I know I know Ray McKinnon is a football manager for a reason, and we are huddled around the microphone in a kitchen for a reason. Ray McKinnon is a far better football manager than we will ever be. But the way his team sets up, and that there's no width in midfield, and his fullbacks, which is Mickey Doyle on the right and Paul Dixon on the left, those are the two guys who have to give him the width. And to be fair, they do. But as soon as they get to the, uh, the, the byline, and as soon as they get to a position where they can cross the ball into the box, neither of them can do it. And when that is your... Uh, kind of main uh, or one of your main weapons in terms of creativity is probably never going to work he, he had Tommy Robson who was the left back uh, last season he probably would have been ideal for that great at bombing on not particularly great at defending but you know something he probably wouldn't have to defend that much in League One and he was far better at getting the ball in the box than, than Paul Dixon would be for whatever reason, he retained Dixon and got rid of Robson, and it's just one of uh, many strange decisions that he's that he's made. They have a they have a very talented squad, and when we discussed Falkirk in the, the League One preview at the start of the season, we said the only thing that could possibly hold them back is the squad depth. Uh, it's pretty difficult to win any league when you only have about fourteen players, uh, with the greatest will in the world. They now have a, a bench full of players that would either get in every single team in League One or uh, get in the bulk of teams uh, in League One. So he kind of has that depth as well. Uh, but aye, there was, there was a, a fairly big reaction for the fans on Saturday considering they lost a, a challenge. It was only a, a challenge cup game. It was 2-0. They thoroughly deserved to get beat 2-0. Albeit they made changes. But even when they even when he, he brought his kind of main strikers off the bench and Salmon and McManus... Uh, Connolly might come on as well. I think it might have been the, th- the third substitute, but they were still they were still struggling. How has Connor Salmon been? Connor Salmon is you know when you add that caveat. Oh, that's a good signing for that level. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't really made up my mind. I mean, to be fair, he did score the best goal. The, the best goal you'll see this season when the Montrose goalkeeper, it might have been Fleming, uh, just threw off his coup. Yeah, uh, I mean nobody will score a better goal than that. Uh, this season. But again, the Falkirk fans are saying it's all very well saying uh, we've won our home games this season. If Fleming hadn't done that, I don't know if he would have beat Montrose that day. They've, they've had one, uh, they've had one performance this season against Dumbarton, and it was the type of performance that you expected Falkirk to make. In that, it was five one, I think five or, or six one. And okay, you don't you don't think they're going to score five or six every single week, but they were just so on top, and it could have been more than than five or six one. And it's just the only time they've performed it like that this season. And to be fair, it was when Dumbarton were going through the absolute patter phase, which they seem to have uh, managed to, to eliminate overnight somehow. Aye, aye. now not third or something because they won three games in a bit. Third, although, uh, and I know a lot of, I know a, a kind of lot of clubs, social media does things like this. They'll say we, well, until East Fife went top with their win against Forfar last weekend, they kept saying that they were joint top with Rayfields. No, you were second. <laughs> <laughs> because goal difference is a thing. Uh-huh. Same number of points, but yeah. you're not joint top. You're not joint, there's no such thing as joint top. Try that at the end of the season. <laughs> joint champions. <laughs> not how it works, Dumbarton. Quite a fair player. So, I mean, I think you were saying the, the caveat of good signing for that level. Um, I feel like Falkirk signed a lot of players in the summer that are good signings for that level, but obviously their performances are still far into, flattering to deceive. So that is a Ray McKinnon issue. That's, that's a mentality issue that maybe he's brought from obviously the disastrous campaign last season and is, is instilling that into the new players who should be doing a lot better especially away from home he, he obviously had he had a style he had a system in mind and he doesn't really have the personnel for it which is Ray McKinnon's fault in terms of his midfield so uh, Michael Tidzer is a really good player is he necessarily somebody who is going to be particularly creative Nobody will retain possession. Uh, Ian McShane is a really good player uh, for League One and a decent player for the Championship. Is he, again, somebody who's going to be particularly creative? No, he's kind of one pace and again just kind of keeps possession. Charlie Telfer, a wee bit more about him in terms of getting forward. Uh, he's the best of that three. And Aidan Connolly, on his day, can be a bit more creative, but there isn't really a lot of pace in there. Uh, Louis Longridge came in. He could provide width and a bit of pace. 
but Longridge probably isn't at his best out wide he's probably best in a, a number 10 position so he has somewhere in that Falkirk squad there is definitely a team that should win the league and I still think will win the league he doesn't seem to have got round to picking it yet do you think there's any way because Falkirk fans were already a little miffed that he was allowed to stay on do you think there's any way he'll be out the door fairly soon or do you think he'll be given at least until you know turn of the year they have uh, they've got a difficult set of fixtures coming up and I'm trying to remember who it is so they have so they've just played Airdrie I think they have in the next four games they in some semblance of order they have Forfar East Fife Stranraer away and Wraith Rovers away uh, not necessarily in that order now that is so Forfar you would expect to be there or thereabouts with the playoffs Wraith Rovers uh, East Fife are obviously top at the moment Stranraer uh, is an away game that they should still be winning but teams do struggle down there from time to time if he doesn't put together a decent flurry of results in those four fixtures that that might be him that might be him because if they've started poorly if that would continue into, into November and you're then sitting maybe six, seven points off the top I'd, I could see that being uh, that being that might be his, his time up the only thing that might save him is Falkirk still have this kind of ongoing takeover whether they would make a move on the manager when this takeover still trying to go through if, if that's still a thing I, mean, I don't know I, never have I known somebody to be going through such a long period of due diligence about 1998 it's been going on since <laughs> how's Margaro Gomez doing? he is uh, he may be the, the best of a very slow bunch um, <laughs> the, the Falkirk fans seem to be quite enamoured by him Good. It's, it's easy to be enamoured by Margaro Gomez. He's a very likeable character. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, yeah. He's a very likeable footballer as well when he's on his game. For that level, I think he, uh, <laughs> he should be doing a job. Well, actually, I think he was a very good case of that level chat being good because yeah. last season I saw him play, I think it was his debut for Dundee United. He played against Montrose, Montrose in the Cup. Excellent. Yes. And I never I, had any more good games. Yeah, exactly. I, I came out of that saying he was played very well, probably their best player, but let's see what happens when he plays in the championship and he played in the championship and he was rubbish because he's passed it at that level another thing about Fogart which may come back to to bite them a wee bit I thought it was quite interesting at the time when they've done it they've given a load of players uh, two year deals and I think they so I think they'll get out League 1 I still don't think they'll be very good in the championship next season with that it's very much like it's a team that's got mid-table championship written all over it which surely isn't what Fogart are, are aiming for but I suppose one thing at a time get out of this league or finish fifth. <laughs> <laughs> it's that sort of thing, though. If, if you're saying, you know, McInnes, uh, McInnes, McKinnon might get his jotters if they if they don't do too well in the next four games. I mean, he inherited. Same is true of McInnes. He inherited. <laughs> um, he inherited a platoon of jobbers um, that he didn't sign, obviously, to start with, and then it was sort of catastrophic. Someone else would then have to come in and do the same again. It's more rebuilding for Falkirk. I think they need to kind of keep the eggs in this basket for the time being and just hope that. McKinnon can actually is it, is drag it, them upwards at some stage in the next year or so because there's no but the, the overhaul of players and the the sort of the rate at which they go through them is is it yeah is it not a case though that uh, in this instance the players should be good enough and he's underperforming with the players rather than inheriting Den and Lewis and Co. Aye, I think so. I mean, he this is literally his team and I I think that's a team that should be. So another manager coming in would only have to add one or two, if possible, outside the transfer window. I don't even think you need to add anything, necessarily. Just get these guys, just uh, get them playing as they should. It, it, honestly, it's such a, a good team for League One. Uh, and the fact that he kind of comes out on a Saturday and talks about things like, oh, well, you know, I've seen good things and we created decent chances. And uh, I mean, every single time they've been away from... They deserve to get beat by Clyde. They didn't deserve to beat Airdrie. They deserve to get beat by Wraith Rovers. I mean, they've really, really struggled on the road this season. I've seen who your positive team is. Yes. So, in a second, I'm going to ask you about your positive team. But uh-huh. beforehand, right. I'm going to ask you about Wraith Rovers. Because we can just do this as a whole right, top okay. of league one. Because you know that Wraith Rovers, haven't they? I'm aware of them. Yeah, they That's the ones. Specky guys, the oh, manager. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, uh, so, <laughs> tell us about Wraith. What's their, uh, how's their title challenge going? Uh, they'll know in the league. No, even no. even with Reagan Henry being the best player in the division, even with Lewis Vaughan coming back for injury, see, I know stuff too. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. <And> the, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, 
Lewis one is back from injury, but he'll be. What month is this? What are they? September. The eleventh of September. Twelfth right. uh, of September. He will be. He'll be injured again by about the 9th of October. Wraith <laughs> uh, Rovers might. If Fokker get the house in order, Wraith Rovers won't win the league. Uh, I think East Fife fans have got a lot of things to be positive about, which we'll probably touch on. Uh, can I, do I think East Fife can do an Ambrose? No. Do I think Wraith Rovers can kind of do an Ambrose in that they are a long uh, kind of second favourite this season? Maybe. But like last season, they would need other teams to be to underperform. So Falkirk need to underperform for Wraith Rovers to win the league. And I still, I still have my doubts about the Wraith Rovers team in general. Right, let's come on to your second team. Uh, that I can see for your notes. I think I'm hoping right saying this. East Fife. Yes. I thought East Fife would do well this season. I fancied them to to get into the playoffs in that they kept the core of what was a really good squad last season that totally fell away. It was bizarre. I mean, they at one point they were talking about pushing for second uh, behind our growth. Certainly looked like they were guaranteed for the playoffs. And then about the last kind of third of the season completely bottom fell out of the season and they ended up finishing seventh so you can say that they really underperformed however they had pretty good cup runs last season which meant that from about January onwards they were playing two games a week for a number of weeks which for, for any part-time side uh, can sometimes catch up with them they had an issue with the fact that their main player was Scott Agnew who had a, a, a bad injury Sure, he went off in a game at Stranra, which they eventually lost, and he was never really the, the, the same player after. They lacked goals up front. Anton Dowds was a very good player last season and a, and a very good forward. However, he was one of those forwards that doesn't score enough goals. I think he ended up with about seven last season. So, elements of their team uh, worked well all season, and then they just started to, to, to fall away. It was interesting in that that's exactly what happened the season before. And they actually started last season pretty poorly, and the fans were actually wanting Darren Young uh, out the door. I was interested to see if that had happened again. If they started poorly this season, how long would Darren Young uh, have had? Started the season really well in the League Cup. Uh, they, they beat Hearts and Penalties, didn't they? Yes. So they beat Hearts and Penalties, they won at Tannadice, they got through in the group. That obviously was a, a fantastic start. Once again, Darren Young's got credit at the bank. The first two games, Drew Peterhead, Drew with Clyde. They weren't anything startling. However, since then, uh, they have played Airdrie, beat them 4-1. Again, a team that would be looked to be in the, the top four. Really good against Airdrie. They played Wraith Rovers. It was 4-2. It could have been 5 or 6 on the day. Uh, they were excellent. And then on Saturday, they played 4-4, which was essentially East Fife versus uh, uh, Mark McCallum in the 4-4 the goal. It was 2-1. It could have been 5-1. And they were they were absolutely excellent. There's so many things to admire with the East Fife team from the kind of midfield forward. They are current form as good as anybody uh, in the league. Player for player, they aren't. But current form they are defensively you would kind of worry about them to a degree they the reason I don't think they'll do an Arbroath is because of how good Arbroath's back four and goalkeeper were last season uh, fantastic uh, defensive unit for, for the third tier East Fife don't have that I think they've already conceded maybe six goals this season uh, which is quite a lot for when you've, you've only played five games so I don't think they'll do what Arbroath did but at the moment, they are excellent to watch. Uh, the football they played against Forfar was uh, was really good to really good to watch. I a lot to admire about them at the moment, and I don't think any East Fife fan much would have done young at the moment. So what what's been the turning point then from the tail end of last season when the arse collapsed out of their out of their play and out of their team? What's been the the key difference between then and how they've started this season? They they brought in Chris Higgins on loan from United last season. And obviously the intention was to, to bolster the defensive unit, uh, a guy with a lot of experience, and it never really worked out for him uh, for the, the kind of final third of the season. How they've managed to remedy that weak point this season is just by re-signing Chris Higgins, but it's just a far better Chris Higgins than the Chris Higgins that they had last season. He had Uchi in his pocket in the, the League Cup game. That has not been hard this season. And he has, he has never looked back. He's been exceptional. So that has improved the, the, the kind of central defensive. They haven't, they've got rid of three left backs during the summer. That's about all they, they got rid of uh, from that from that kind of core of the squad. Uh, but Pat Slattery has filled in very well at left back. They brought in Stuart Murdoch from Dungeon United, who's like a name you think. How have you went from Dungeon United to, to East Fife? He's been really good uh, right back in midfield. Scott Agnew is kind of back to his best. Liam Watt is doing very well out wide. Uh, Aaron Dunsmore 
is also doing very well at wide. And I think the, the key signing of the summer has been Ryan Wallace from Arbroath. He was a kind of a pudgy pest. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. He has, has always been a very good player. Uh, always been very quick. He is quick. Imagine how quick he would be if he wasn't a stone overweight. <laughs> <laughs> well, think no more, because he isn't a stone overweight. He has lost a lot of weight. He, he, he does so much work. Again, a player that probably doesn't score enough goals. But his movement, uh, you know, defenders do not know where he's going. He's quite happy to go wide left, wide right. He'll go through the middle. He'll drop deep. Nobody knows how, how to pick him up. And he is, I can imagine he would be the type of forward that other forwards would, would love to play with because he does so much hard work. He Have the League One Manager of the Month and Player of the Month awards been announced? Don't know. Championship and Premiership have not sure about. I'm not sure if League One have or not. If, if they haven't, I'd imagine they'll be there or thereabouts when it comes to the uh, the Player of the Month award. He is at a fantastic start to the season. And again, he's, he's somebody that probably, I actually was hoping that Ray Throwers would, would pick him up. But he he's led the line su- uh, superbly. But midfield and up front, East Fife look fantastic. At the back, I was have question marks over the goalkeeper. So they have... They have a fantastic goalkeeper on their books in Brett Long. Uh, however, it's been Jordan Hart that's been playing the goals. Jordan Hart. Jordan Hart, Hart of the goal. United. Yes, he made an arse of that goal when we saw them. Uh, yes. he, he made an arse of a few game. goals. Okay. <laughs> uh, he made an arse of a, a He's few got goals. a great highlight show, Jordan Hart. <laughs> you know, somebody dropped a level, went to Queen's Park, and was excellent for Queen's Park, and now he's come back up a level. He. Of the goals that they've let in, he's probably been at fault for at least two, maybe more. I don't know why Brett Long isn't getting a game. I don't know if there's more to it than just the fact that he thinks Jordan Hart is a, a better goalkeeper at this moment in time. But I think bringing Brett Long in would, would add a wee bit more to, to East Fife. Ryan Wallace uh, once played for Hearts at Ibrox and uh, had a shot that was saved. And then Ruben came out and Scott Robinson followed it up. What a Hearts team, just and, listing off all the names. And then Rangers equalised with a cross from Greg Wilde. A spill from the a shot that was blocked, and then I think not Andy at, Little. Andy Little scored. Yeah, makes you think. Yeah. Great stuff. What a game! <laughs> <laughs> the, pin- the pinnacle of Scottish football, right there. <laughs> Two teams in the top six. Two thousand and ten. What a year! <laughs> that was even the hardest team that was like, like the one that nearly got relegated there and finished fifth. Right. <laughs> Have you any more to add on either either team or League One in general? Uh, League One in general. What the uh, hell's happened with Dumbarton? How are they so good? Uh, fair play to the Barton. Isaac Lane uh, has come into the game. He's helped matters. He uh, when they signed but for him, goodness sake, don't invite him on a night. He's such a quiet and unassuming character. <laughs> when they they signed all of those jobbers from the exit trials, I thought no, none of these are going to work. And actually, it turns out that some of them might actually have just come into a game. Uh, and I don't know. I never researched them, Barton. So you've totally put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> just saying that is better than I could add. <laughs> Except from the nightclub joke. <laughs> right, we'll move on, shall we? Aye, go for it. Uh, let's move on to Do Me A Solid. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's back again, because yes. it's not going to be in the telly anymore. No. Because uh, we're rubbish at <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot easier to do this on a podcast than when you're uh, having 30,000 people. I probably shouldn't say that, should I? I don't know, but, but it's actually more than that. <laughs> Um, yeah, lots of people watching you. So, right, question number one. You've been asked to appear on an interview panel alongside one of the country's most notorious Walter Mitty figures. Who do you send in your place? Who wants to go first? Shall I? Yes, yes. go first. Um, I have gone for um, Arbroath's Smokey Joe the Smokey. <laughs> Uh, because I believe he would talk with more legitimacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, I think you should just double down on the bollocks, and um, so I've gone for Joe Miller. <laughs> so whatever this Walter, Walter Mitty character came out with, he would just go, "Oh yeah, that's like the time when we were away with uh, Aberdeen, and then this happened, and that happened, and then." Somebody would have to write a statement saying it didn't happen and he would yeah. have to say that he was confused. <laughs> I vote for Andy Muirhead. Cool. Cool. Because it would, it would just be good television. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get the impression that Andy Muirhead could make a point. So here's what I think. And then Walter Mitty would say, yes, I agree. And then Andy Muirhead would say, well, I disagree. 
And then you would just get a big Furore. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't sound like decent TV, actually. Aye. Yeah. Should set this up. Next time. Right. Uh, I really should have put these in order. I'm just scrolling through WhatsApps. Uh, hang on. You want me to read that? Somebody says, yes, please. Uh, you're in a European city and don't speak a word of the language because you're a pig ignorant moron. Who do you hire as a translator and guide? I've gone for Graham Sunnis. Right, Beca- yeah. Because he would uh, he would do none of the translating, but he would go around with much more authority and confidence than I would. I would respect the people in this city that uh, I can't speak any of their language and it's a, a, bit, a bit silly that I can't and I've come to there and I expect them to speak my language. But if I was with Graham Sunnis, he would be having none of that. And he would be getting more and more agitated uh, the more people didn't understand him and they would be getting more and more scared. You've really thought about this, haven't you? A little bit. That's very good, though. Thanks. Imagine going on holiday with Graham Sunnis. <laughs> <laughs> Especially one that one where he was like a Sardoria with like the <laughs> short shorts and the, the tash. You need to bring the tash back. That's, I think that's... I'd just been a fortnight scared. <laughs> Walking on eggshells In constant fear You wake up in the middle of the night You're just at the bottom of your bed Looking at you Punching you because you're snoring <laughs> Punching you Sitting at the bottom of your bed We drink a Paul Pogba I've got a couple here I didn't know which one to choose So I'll go First and foremost Alan McQuist I've got him Yeah mm-hmm. Tour guide extraordinary Oh of course I He'd learn lots I reckon he'd probably know A wee bit of the language as well Just because that kind of character You might just know what was that noise? Is that that was my cat going to the toilet? Nice, great, uh, right, See the see the only problem with because I know he got a he got a lot of credit for his knowledge during the World Cup last season. Was he not just reading out the Wikipedia page? Well, I, I believe that him and his co-commentator were actually going around and doing tours. Is it John Champion? Not, not giving out the tours, obviously. It's <laughs> a Wikipedia page. No, uh, they were going out uh, and, and being explained about the, uh, the certain cities like St. Petersburg and, and all that kind of stuff. Because I got the impression that if somebody had went in like in the morning and changed the Wikipedia page, Alan McCoyce's would have read it out. I'm pretty sure Craig Anderson changed one of them because he knew where Alan McCoyce was. <laughs> Was commentating next to see if we pick anything up. And here's a River Volga entirely made out of Fanta. <laughs> so John was like, Are you sure? You sure, Ali? Yep. <laughs> no, Ali McCoy is a good show. I went for the show. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, my other one was uh, Ryan McCarthy. <laughs> R- R- Ryan who? Oh, no, Daryl McCarthy. Daryl McCarthy. I was going to say, Ryan, fucking Ryan McCarthy. You just took Ryan Hardy and put a mic in front of you. I can't you. fucking speak to you. Could, you, you could answer Daryl McCarthy to every single one of these. I, I contemplated him. Who the fuck is Ryan McCarthy? Daryl McCarthy. It's Ryan Hardy if you put on a really, really rubbish uh, spice. Uh, I was going to say costume. <laughs> A spy's costume. Ryan McCarthy. A spy's persona. <laughs> Ryan McCarthy put on a. No, if Ryan Hardy was going to be a spy, but he was really rubbish at it. It's like, what's your, what's your name? What's your code name? Ryan McCarthy. We can just say that. Who's Ryan Hardy? The striker? Aye. Aye. Why would he be a spy? Alright, <laughs> <laughs> what was your answer? Sorry. Oh, that might be Grim Sunnis. That was a great answer. That was the next question. It was really memorable. Did you not give me an answer? Uh, no, I did. I, I, I said that Alan McCoy's Oh, yeah, of course not. Right. So you both had that. Or you could have John Hughes. Uh, because obviously, if you want a translator, then you want, <laughs> so you want something that's multilingual or even bilingual. What, what's, what's, the, what's the name for somebody that knows no languages? Is <laughs> 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 No lingo. <coughs> no, oh, you alright? <coughs> <coughs> you better read out the next question. <coughs> I was going to say. I was about to give him the Heimlich <coughs> manoeuvre. I, I actually thought what it was, but because I had the drink in my mouth, I then started choking in the drink. No, you want somebody who's anti lingual. Is, is that what it is if you don't know any language? I just made it up. Alright, well, that's good enough. Good enough for me. I don't know if it was good enough for me. It nearly choked to death, but. <laughs> what a hell to die on. <coughs> So, um, <laughs> your popular TV show has been commissioned for a second series. Which Scottish footballer do you get to promote it? Paul Slane. The man uh, fizzes up beer and, and smashes it in his face and uh, shouts and that gets like a, a thousand likes. And I've spilt beer on myself loads of times and I've never had any likes out of it. In fact, people seem to shout at me if I've been stupid. <laughs> 
He is a people's champion and fair play. He really is. Yeah. So, yeah. He but just... also, your answer is disqualified because he is not a footballer. Did I actually say football? Yeah. No, right. But he's a bit of football. I've, I've went for the entire Scottish national team. Right. So, the reason I went for this is because if you... And I appreciate I'm setting myself up here for a, an old man joke. But if you go back to the 70s World Cup squads... They would all get paid when you were young, your teens. Nah, I was uh, twenty-two at the time. <laughs> they would all get paid to advertise a really rubbish and really seventies product that would be like I don't know some kind of rubbish seventies car, and they'd all be they'd all be in the the kind of poster for it, or I don't know, smoke tabs. It's good for you, like that kind of real seventies vibe. Uh, so I would I would bring it back, get uh, get the entire Scottish national team involved, especially if you need something advertised in the uh, the summer of twenty twenty because you'll be at a fucking loose end. <laughs> Saved it then. Who's your one, Rob? Um, so this this is sort of uh, this is a bit left field, and it's, it's got it's sort of anecdotal more than anything else. But I've gone for Lee Miller, centre forward, um, purely because when I was working at the SPFL, we did really stupid Christmas videos, and I asked like the day before it was due in Falkirk if they could help me out, and uh, they just gave me Lee Miller's phone number. He's <laughs> like Lee Miller will be able to speak to him. I was like, Nah, you do it. So they they ended up speaking to him, but basically he helped at very short notice. To promote the SPFL, so I'm like, do you know what? That stuck in my mind. Was he good? Guy. Was he good at? No, he was terrible. But they all were. Um, they all were. But he gave it real gusto, and I, I appreciated that because they all had to sing a line out of the Twelve Days of Christmas. Right. Was that the one where the Rovers players jumped out a basket? Yes. Yes. Is that that one. Yes. That Lewis. I believe so. They all kind of mix into one now. To be honest with you, the next year they never done it. Barry Smith was a manager at that point. I don't know if he had a, an influencing factor. I'm almost certain he would have done. A man that does not celebrate Christmas. But anything. <laughs> Good for him. Um, last but not least, uh, your manager keeps saying the same thing in press conferences every week, despite the tension among the fans rising higher. Who do you get to provide them with new material? Well, obviously, the manager kind of has to say these things. It has to be saying that the team's heading in the, the right direction and stuff like that. He has to be positive to keep confidence up. So he, he can't really say anything different. So what I would do would be get somebody to tell him how to say things that um, will make it more interesting. Saying the same things over and over again, but more entertaining. So I've gone for still game writers, Ford Kiernan and Greg Kempel. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what that says to Scottish football. Right now, that's fine. Scottish. Aye. Scottish players that's watch true. them, probably. I'm sure they probably like football. Um... <laughs> I have gone for so basically if your manager's trotting out the same shite for, again for the, the same sort of reason as yourself you want it to get more interesting either way it doesn't really matter um, if it's positive or negative uh, and it's not very often as well that land, uh, managers lose all professionalism and I think it's really great when that happens so I've gone for Billy Brown <laughs> <laughs> Billy Brown <laughs> writing an impassioned script for an unnamed manager let's say C. Levine that's who we're talking about. No, that's too obvious. Go for Craig L. <laughs> uh, so I, I think Billy Brown. Billy Brown, just get him in and sit him next to Craig Levine. <laughs> Give him his own microphone. I uh, I have went for the, the kind of opposite end of the spectrum. I've, I've actually, I've just mentioned them, actually. So Ryan McCarthy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, super spy. So, so your problem is that, that C. Levine is just saying the same things every week and it's pissing everybody off. Is yes. that right? Right. Okay, so... Here's an alternative. Barry Smith, right? So he, when he first started doing the post-game stuff at Wraith TV, it was maybe getting 400 clicks, right? Week one, 400 clicks. It was pretty boring, right? By week two, it was about 300 clicks. By week five, there was zero clicks. (laughs) Just bring in Barry Smith, and it'll be so fucking dull that nobody will listen. (laughs) Problem solved. There you go. Sorted. Yes. That went quite well. Aye. God knows why I was not doing it in telly anymore. <laughs> it translates better on podcasts, to be honest with you. I think so. Right, let's move on. <laughs> all the answers went all of our bizarres. I did have them for my Eurogun set. It was option C. 
Right, let's move on to another thing that won't be appearing on the telly. It's a, an index where we rank players based on their numerical value as um, compared with a, a daft transfer in world football. And it is now going to be called McBurney Index. So we've each got, uh, I think we've got enough time for you. Yeah, we have, uh, for a positive and negative player. And who wants to go first? You can either go positive or negative, it's up to you. I'll go I'll go positive. Okay. Who'd so my positive is Louis Appert, I think they pronounce it. Uh Dungeon United. Uh Dungeon United wide player. He has had a a kind of circuitous journey to the, the Dungeon United first team. He was I think he was on the books at Dunfermline when he was particularly young. <laughs> It's a very odd pose as you were trying to open that. Yeah, Rob, Rob just sneaked away to the other side of the room and then opened it loud enough that you could hear it. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. He uh, so he was on the books of Dunfermline Athletic. He left Dunfermline and he joined, uh, I think I called Fife AM. It's uh, an amateur team based in Cooper. So Sounds like a radio station. I know, I know, totally. So bizarrely, he then went from Fife AM to uh, Roma. <laughs> As you do. He, he had a trial with Roma. Uh, came back. I think 5am is... Is that not... Austin McPhee. Austin, yeah, Austin McPhee. So, so aye, yeah. So that, Austin McPhee has links everywhere. Obviously, how, he just phoned up Roma. Well, that's how he came to the attention of Roma. Austin McPhee had uh, alerted them somehow. So that didn't go anywhere. And he was supposed to sign for Wraith Rovers. He played a couple of trial games for Wraith Rovers. That was the towards the end of the season of Ray McKinnon's tenure. So Ray McKinnon left Wraith Rovers joined Dungeon United and unfortunately he took Louis a pair with him 16 or 17 at a time he has as far as I'm aware never really been seen in the Dungeon United first team squad he's now 20 last season he actually spent it at I think it was Brote Brote Athletic uh, in, in the juniors and to be honest most people thought looks like he's kind of got a bit of talent needs to bulk up the fact that he's going for Dungeon United to juniors on loan you'll probably never see him again he will end up in the juniors forever however uh, came back to Dungeon United uh, played a, a pretty big role in, in the majority of the pre-season friendlies I think the fact that he was uh, performed so well in the pre-season friendlies gave him the kind of League Cup group section I thought at that point he may still end up in loan uh, on loan but he impressed so much that he is now pretty much a mainstay uh, out wide for, for Dungeon United he has already scored a couple of goals this season I think he has something like three assists I didn't see the entire Dundee game I walked into a pub after about 75 minutes and so I only got 50 minutes of, of uh, non-stop laughter but his uh, watching it back his finish said a lot about him so bear in mind it was a really congested penalty area there must have been about 12 players in front of him he was under pressure from a, a Dundee defender but he had enough composure to kind of let the ball drop and then take it on the volley and any goal that comes off the, the underside of the bar always looks fantastic but it was his assists he, at the start of the season they played uh, Inverness beat Inverness 4-1 so his assists must have been for Shankland because he scored all the goals that day but it was two different types of assists so he got to the byline he absolutely sold Inverness defender a, a, a kind of fantastic dummy the, the defender was away for, for, for a hot dog back post uh, cross for Shankland and his second cross was even better because ok the marking wasn't great uh, on Shankland but he had a defender in front of him he had a defender uh, behind him but a pair was still able to, to pick him out from the, the wide touchline he he looks like a player who when he I always think a good player you can tell when, he, when his first touch so you watch lower league football and know everybody has a very good first touch sometimes it takes him three touches to control the ball a pair knows exactly what he wants to do as soon as he gets that ball and he controls it so well he's a, he's a really technically Brilliant footballer, and I know Dundee United went through a wee phase of producing players like that. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be of the same ilk uh, of previous guys that's come through the Dundee United uh, youth system. He may even be that he's a bit like a Mackay Stephen player, and that I watch him on highlights and he sticks out. And it might be so Mackay Stephen would look good on YouTube, for example, but didn't always play well for 90 minutes. So Dundee United fans will know better than me, but anytime I watch their highlights, he, he very much sticks out, and I'm quite, quite excited by him actually. So how much is he worth on the McBurney index? Uh, so McBurney is going to be 20 million for McBurney. Yes. Uh, five million pounds. There we go. Right, Rob, who are you going? Positive or negative? I'm going to... So I've got one of each, but one of them's just a very short explanation. I'll go for the longer explanation, which is the negative one. Okay. Which is Christoph Berra. Uh, did we not do him? We've done him already. <sighs> we've done him already. Yes, we've done him two weeks ago. You have. 
Right, okay, well, fuck it, I'll just go for the other one. But <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what would be your uh, valuation of zero pair? Zero no, pins. I said bag of balls. Zero pounds. Um, I pish. Anyway, uh, poor Christoph. I know, I do love him, but he's, he's broken. <laughs> Irreparably broken. <laughs> um, so my positive one. As I say that this is a this is a very short explanation, but I've gone for a Beavis Mugabe. I've <laughs> 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 gone for Motherwell's new short term signing. I just want to say his name again, Beavis Mugabe. Um, purely for his name, is worth two hundred million pound. <laughs> Fair enough. Aye. <laughs> right. Uh, I've got. I'll go negative because I've got a positive, but we can maybe save that for what to watch. Um, on the Patreon if we run out of time with your negative okay so my negative is St. Johnson striker Chris Kane oh yes so Chris if you're listening uh, you may be slightly perturbed by this but do know that any time we've slagged you off in the past in the podcast you've gone out and belted in some goals at the weekend you've got a brace yes so so congratulations on those goals and the win bonus so Chris Kane this season uh, it's, to be fair, it's not been put in a, a situation that the best reflects his talents. His talents being a player who is a very, very good championship striker uh, and probably a third or fourth choice striker on our premiership team. But for a lot of this season, because Johnson struggled to sign someday for, for long periods, he's been asked to start a lot of games up front and up front on his own. He does a lot of work. He does do... He does do some of the basic things right as a footballer. Well, in fact, sorry, he does most of the basic things. So you can see that he's got intelligence, he's got enthusiasm. But in front of goal, he's not going to bang in 15, 20 goals. He can play with his back to goal a little bit, but he's not exactly a target man who's going to hold it up and wait for the rest of the sport to arrive. He's also not been helped by the fact that St. Johnson have been playing a bit off him in most of their games. So it's been Chris Kane with... 20 or 30 yards of space between him and anybody else and he's, he's not got the, the physicality to, to hold the play up for that long he can link well like I say he can run he can run channels he can pass the ball fairly well I think he's a a decent enough footballer to have in a squad but you shouldn't be asking him to lead the line and now that Stevie May has signed I think May came on last week and he'll likely get the starting nod once he's Matt Sharp and Dre Wright is back as well that will likely mean that O'Halloran or Kennedy will be used more as a, as a striker. So I think that's him now slipped down to third in the pecking order. And that's probably where he belongs. The very first podcast I was ever on with talked about Chris Kane. Oh really? Aye. That was when he was buying them in for Dumbarton. He was making Colin Nash look like a player. You asked me if he would end up as good a player as Stevie May. Did you say yes? I said yes. Oh. Well, now he has. I think I'm right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> In a very roundabout but way. I didn't realise it because both of them would be dumb. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Chris Kane, McBurney Index. It's a per five. 1.5 million. Alright, okay. You'll be chuffed at that. <laughs> but it's on the McBurney Index. <laughs> After he scores his goals the weekend, he'll be too. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sean, who is your negative? My negative, I went for Stephen Dobby. Ah, right. But he's supposed to be really good. He, it's, it's an outrageous thing to say. You kind of forget like, how good he was last season. At this point, last season, he had 20 goals. But <laughs> 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 only a third of the way through September. Uh, he had 20 goals at this stage last season. He has... Uh, three this season albeit he's played considerably fewer games all of his goals so far have come in the cup they've come in games against lower league opposition as uh, as well and Queen of South are kind of in the same position as they were last season in that they have uh, Stephen Dobby and a team full of jobbers mm-hmm. their big issue this season is their jobbers this season are worse than the jobbers they had last season and uh, Dobby's one year older and Dobie is one year older and I think he his injuries are just starting to get on top of him a wee bit. So he ended last season with an injury. He started this season with an injury. And you presume that that has a bigger impact, obviously, the older that you get. He, he's always been quite a selfish player. 
And that, that's actually fine because if you can drop deep, get the ball 25 yards for goal, turn around and then ping it in the top corner, that's absolutely fine. He is still quite selfish, but he just at this moment in time anyway, he doesn't seem to have that wee bit of uh, brilliance uh, about him. When we, again, when we spoke about Queen of South in the preview at the start of the season, we kind of mentioned all this, and at that point, that was pretty much the only forward that they had. They've now signed uh, Faisal Elbaktawi. And that doesn't seem to be a, a particularly productive duo. They're both quite selfish players. Well, that, that's I kind think. of it. I think every good selfish striker needs selfless players around him. So like, having Lyndon Dykes and stuff like that really helps because he can do all the running, do all the hard graft, and then obviously you've got the, the luxury of a, of a quality selfish centre-forward mm-hmm. next to you. Back to Elbert Tui and Dobie is just two guys who want to shoot every time they get the ball. So I'm pretty sure that back to when he was in the Premier League last was something like second or third for shots attempted outside the area. Ah, that's all he does. And he wasn't even like playing all the time for Dundee. Even uh, even watching some of Queen of South's highlights, they already look like they're starting to get a wee bit frustrated uh, each other. Do I think he'll come good? Probably because he's he's Stephen Dobby. Uh, is he is he doing particularly well at the moment? No, no, quite the opposite. So what uh, value are you assigning him? Uh, I would have him as uh, 50% of Chris Kane. 750 grand. Oh dear. Oof. What a fall from grace. <clears throat> right, uh, we've still got a couple minutes left, so I'm just going to do my positive. Uh, I had a positive, and then myself and Joel done a Patreon earlier, which will be coming out tomorrow, uh, where Joel talked about this player, which was Lyndon Dykes. So I'm going to bin that. And I'm going to do one that's not based on, on current form at all, because he's been injured since January, but he's expected to come back this weekend, and that's Ryan Porteous. Oh yeah. So, the reason this was a good backup for me to do was that I'm researching Porteous to write uh, an article on him tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, because is, he, is he overrated? See, I used to think, right, I've only, to be fair, I've only watched one game of him closely, and I'm hopeful of watching another two before I could I write this article, but it depends on my demands and what else I have to do tomorrow. I used to think he was overrated. I'm pretty sure I said this on the sh- on the show because I think he has made quite a few mistakes. I still I still think he is overrated in the, in the eyes of the Hibs fans who think he might be their, their absolute best centre half because he's a 20 year old and as a 20 year old centre half he does make errors and he probably at least last season made errors and maybe the other players wouldn't. But then again, Hibs haven't exactly started the season error-free at the mm. back with any other defenders. Yeah. So, is he their best defender? Now, the last season I've said definitely not. This season I would say, maybe. And watching him closely, there was a, a few things that I was impressed with that I didn't quite pick up last year because you, it's easy to see Ryan Portrius as the blood and thunder, you know, smashing through people, being a wee bit reckless, a wee bit overcommitted at times, and that was red flag for me. But like I say, those are things that at 20 years old, you can iron out the game. It's yeah. not like a lack of pace. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get over a lack of pace. You're never going to become lightning. You can be less rash. You can make better decisions. And that bodes well for him, because those are his main weaknesses. His strengths are just about everything else. He's big. He's good in the air. He's strong. He uses his body well when he goes up against players. He's great at tackling. His anticipation's pretty good for a young player. He's quite quick as well. That was one thing I was surprised looking at him today. He charges at the defence pretty well with the ball and he doesn't have full control of it because he's not you know, that great a footballer, but he's not terrible either. Yeah. It's not like watching well, Bera, for example, yeah. with, with the football. He's also a lot more composed with the ball at his feet, which again, for a 20-year-old player who you think of as somebody who's just going to melt the ball long, the stereotypical types, he's not like that at all. He is... You know, he won't make a misplaced pass every now and again, but usually his passing's pretty accurate for, for a centre-half. And for all that package for a 20-year-old, it's I could see now why Hibs fans were so big in them. I think he's an, an impetuous dunderhead, but that isn't long enough for an article. <laughs> <laughs> By Sean McGuigan. He does. That's the thing he needs to calm down on, undoubtedly. Uh, but I think that he can. He, at least whether Paul Hickenbottom's a man to do it, I don't know. But he certainly looks like somebody who... I'm just going to say it. I think he's got the potential to be 50 cap Scotland player he's got that doesn't necessarily make you any good no <laughs> I would say I would, <laughs> Scott Hadley's got like 29 <laughs> <laughs> you're, I would, you're I would saying, say you're saying about Grant Hanley but him and Russell Martin are two best centre half duo in the last 
I think somebody made this point on uh, Twitter the other day is that maybe just to get a set of half pairing together and just stick with them regardless because then they form a relationship anyway sorry I had totally enough on a tangent there um, I think everything you're saying about Portis is, is completely right you know he does have these incredible attributes that you need to be a, a top elite level footballer um, you saw the Callum Patterson you've seen it before his, all his injuries I thought Chris Cadden was going to be that guy as well he had the power the pace the, the physicality Porteous has that he's so good in there um, as you say he can play football as well but his decision making at times is wild. incredible mm-hmm. uh, it's wild I mean you, there's times when the ball goes in the box you know, where is the centre half he's halfway up the pitch because he was just trying to support the striker it's mental he, he does he rushes out of position at times you can be distracted by the ball and go chasing the ball and sometimes positionally he just needs to be a bit more disciplined I think with more time Playing in that Hibs defence with a Hanlon or a McGregor, obviously McGregor's out for a bit now as well. I think playing with those players is going to help because they're experienced. They've both learned as well. I mean, obviously McGregor was a rampaging defender at one stage. Paul Hanlon last year played as a left winger half the time because he was getting up to support so much. And it's it's about finding that discipline. Porteous hasn't shown any of that yet with his discipline, but he's a cracking player. He's a player that I would have in the team, I mean, every single week. I, I think he is... That sort of player, he's got the fans on his side, which a team like Hibs just now with, obviously, yeah. the discontent that's going on, I think Portia yeah. is having that. Paul Heckerbottom could do really well to just, even if he doesn't think it's maybe the right decision, even if he's if he's, if he's absolutely certain that he shouldn't start Portia, then they should do what he wants. But if he's thinking about it at all, just pick Portia because you need the fans back on your side. 100%, and, and that is that is a, a massive thing for Hibs just now because, obviously, the, the fans are absolutely furious, rightly so, given their performances. Uh, Portress is that guy he's, he's kind of the, the shining hope that you want in that team um, you look at other teams who have been absolute shite recently Hearts and mm-hmm. you do want that Stephen Naismith on the pitch that, that player that gives you a wee glimmer of hope that makes you go back week in week out and, and Ryan Portress is that for Hibs I think he very well can learn how to temper himself a lot more and, and, and play with more discipline but he'd be a lot less fun I like watching Portress play because you kind of know that he's going to thunder through someone at any second. Mm-hmm. Not even in the frame when the player's going to He just comes <laughs> flying in like the flash. He just absolutely <laughs> empties him uh, and still, that's what you want. He'll still do it every now and again but he, he just needs to pick his moments. You can see him sometimes. Like, there was one moment I watched the Livingston game which I think was the last 90 minutes game he completed and there was one point where he actually tripped up and allowed uh, I think it might have been Ryan Hardy to kind of sprint past him and it was because Super Spy. Yeah, super spot, Ryan McCarthy. Uh, it was because he was about to kind of thunder into a challenge that he really didn't need to make. He wasn't going anywhere, Aye. and he yeah. and hardly shifted at the last minute. And then he tried to set his feet and basically stumbled and fell over. Yeah. But he's like that wasn't him actually going into a tackle, but that was him thinking too much about about to do a tackle that he didn't need to make. Yeah, yeah. So he just needs to get that under control. But anyway, on the McBurney index, ten million. Oofed, crikey, wow. Is that us? I think so. Yes. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to listen to more of us, go over to patreon.com forward slash test podcast where you can continue to listen to us for $2 a month or if you want to listen to all the content, it's $5 a month. Enjoy. Now, guys, say goodbye. Bye. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.